0: Good evening and welcome to Pop Culture Double Date. Um, we are talking about the Disney Plus show Loki Tonight, the first of the Marvel TV series that we've talked about on this podcast. Um, I think all of us have watched it. I'm joined by Anager, Gerald and Maggie. Say hello, everyone.
1: Hello, Hello. Hello
0: everyone. Yeah, so Loki. Um, this is a series about Loki. <laughs> it basically follows on directly from the from Avengers Endgame, where so full spoilers podcast. Just be aware we're going to be talking about details about the series. Um, so this series uh, picks up exactly off where we left one of the versions of Loki last where in Avengers Endgame there's this whole time travel story component and as part of that time travel story component um, the the Avengers travel back to the first Avengers film and in the process they leave the Tesseract one of the Infinity Stones essentially lying around and Loki escapes with it right? and so that is one of the sort of um, things that are left unresolved in that film and we kind of all knew that this was kind of leading on to something else. Now, I personally thought it was leading on straight into the previously announced Marvel Studios film, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, that seemed like it would make sense. <laughs> um, but no, it kind of leads on to Tom Hiddleston's own series, Loki, on Disney+. Plus. So... Um, let's just go around the table and have a chat about what we thought about Loki. Like, um, look, I'll give some very brief initial thoughts, right? Like, um, I, we haven't really podcast about the other Disney Plus series, like the Scarlet Witch series and, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Um, but, I, I think individually we've gone and watched them as well, right? And look, I mean, my feeling about all of these Disney Plus series is that, like, I, all of them don't really land for me, including Loki, right? I, I feel like some of them start off really strong. Like, their first episodes are typically pretty engaging, right? Pretty interesting, have some sort of interesting imaginative hook. And for whatever reason, like, in my opinion anyway, they kind of devolve into like, sort of, really sort of, schlocky, plot-driven, like, not, yeah, just really sort of plot-driven stories that aren't that interesting, like, that don't, actually, let me rephrase that, that don't live up to the intrigue that is posed by the first episode, and I feel like Loki is the same, right? Um, I feel like, you know, like, There's a lot of potentially good things about this in that, you know, I think Tom Hiddleston is a really charismatic leading man, right? Um, I I really liked, like Owen Wilson, and Owen Wilson is in this, and he basically plays Owen Wilson, and I like Owen Wilson. Um, And look, the underlying story here is kind of like intriguing because like what happens is essentially Loki escapes with the Tesseract and then immediately gets pulled into like this 1970s style Kafkaesque bureaucracy that kind of manages the time stream and you're like that's super interesting right it feels Twilight Zone-ish in some ways um and you're like, oh, great, this is going to be a, like like a sort of Marvel series, but it's kind of going to be like the Twilight Zone. It's going to have these really interesting time travel components. And, you know, so basically the premise of this is that, like, you know, um, Loki, like, in, when he stole the Tesseract, Loki outed himself as, like, a variant of the time stream. So, like, he's, like, endangering, endangering the time stream, essentially. Like, he's creating these branches to the time stream, so the time variance authority, the TVA, this bureaucracy that's been established, kind of is this, and no one knows who runs it, and it's like, they're there to kind of manage the time stream, right? So it's like a really interesting premise, but, look, and we can get into it later, like we'll just go around the table first, but even though it's a really interesting premise, I don't think it gets pulled off. I feel like there are components of this that get really rushed, especially in terms of character development. Um, And while Look, I won't say I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was okay, and I thought the last episode was okay, but it's not something that, like, for me, at the end of the day, it's kind of forgettable, and I don't think it's going to be something that I'm going to look back on and go, wow, this was, like, so integral to the Marvel universe. Who wants to go next?
2: (laughs) I might as well go next. I totally agree that it set up such an interesting premise, and then it just got boring, and I became uninterested in it and I think what the problem I think for me it became boring once Sylvie turned up on the screen because suddenly she became the main character and Tom Hiddleston's Loki became some sort of a support type character from my perspective whereas before she turned up Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson had this duo thing going and even though Owen Wilson tended to steal the show a little bit they were great together and you know it was interesting and Loki was Loki and then Sylvie turns up and then Loki becomes boring he becomes this dumb down good guy I don't need Loki to go through some emotional journey to become the quote good guy. I find him interesting and perfectly delectable just the way he was, you know? Yeah. I don't think he needed to be fixed. I don't think he was ever really a villain villain. He was just a really interesting character. We didn't need to um take all the colour away from him. So yeah, I think the problem was the introducing Sylvie and just what it did to the whole thing. Like created a plot line that didn't make any sense put the focus on her and she's just not anywhere near as engaging as the Hiddleston and um, Owen Wilson duo were. Um, and I think that was the main like the main part of what was wrong with it for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I, to- I totally agree with that. Look, before we get into that in more detail, um, let's just keep going around the table.
3: Well, I can go next. Um, so I also thought um, that it was the most promising of the three series they have so far. And I really liked that it had the connection to Avengers Endgame. So, you know, very clearly um, was going to be that missing link between the old Avengers kind of universe that ended and then the new, um, new phase of the Avengers. And I really enjoy the character of Loki, and I was looking forward to being able to see the different forms of this character um, through the premise of the show, I liked the idea of exploring their character's narcissism and the sort of awakening self-awareness through um, him kind of meeting other versions of himself. Um, But I think that that sort of exploration was, um, I was a bit disappointed because it was quite lacking and the relationships between the characters and and that journey was quite superficial and forced. Um, I also really liked um, the universe that they created at the end and the character of He Who Remains and the idea of that character because he was almost in some ways like a parallel of Loki meeting himself because he was talking about battling versions of himself and he being the kind of saviour of time and universe um, as well. So there seemed to be a nice little parallel between Loki's relationships with him versions of himself and himself and He Who Remains and that kind of um, um, relationship that he had built with versions of himself through time and I wish they had spent more of the series exploring those concepts rather than this kind of, you know, moving from one journey to the next in each episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think, yeah, I I would agree with that as well, Mags. Like, I I think that, um, yeah, I, I think there were, like, really some really interesting ideas that were raised in the series. Like, some really interesting character ideas. And I think... Like what Anna just said really resonates with me in that I feel like some of those character ideas could have been explored but were not explored because they went on this plot driven one, let's go from one location to the next with Sylvie, right? Basically, from episode three onwards, it became, well, I mean, it's only six episodes, but like, yeah, like, and in doing so, it kind of forgoes that really interesting character development component of. Like the Tom Hiddleston Loki, but anyway, like talk about that, Jerry. What did you think of it? Did you did you agree with us or disagree with us?
1: No, I, I largely agree with you guys. This show started off so strongly, um, which was which was much needed because I don't know about you, but that last episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was an absolute disaster and quite possibly the worst thing Marvel Studios has pumped out since Thor Two. It was terrible, <laughs> and the fact that this. This came out of the gate so strong. It had good chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. It was good to see Owen Wilson back in something after years of relative quiet from him. I mean, he is a genuine all timer. And, you know, with that sort of relaxed, low key charisma, you know, he, he's the reason why, you know, he's one of the reasons why Wed- Wedding Crashes is one of my top five favorite movies of all time and the show was visually inventive the world that it built I, you know as you say Daz had, had this 1970s almost Soviet to yeah. about the look it was yeah. it was genuinely sort of fascinating how it how it looked it, it looked very lived in but quirky um and uh suggested you know that there was really a lot of iceberg below the tip and and then in about episode three which was just the two-hander between Loki and Sylvie as they travel through that that, that world that's on the verge of ending yeah and that, that's when the sort of balloon started to deflate because as, as Anna just pointed out and this is not this is not this is not a knock on Sophia DiMartino who's mine as an actress but I think Sylvie's actually really quite underwritten she's just a bit petulant she's a bit sort of murderous and somehow she's meant to be kind of the heroine of the of, this, of the second half of the series and you're like I don't buy this um, and I think in the second half there was almost no use made of Owen Wilson and I just thought to myself what, what a complete waste of talent that is to have to have you know we began with a sort of buddy cop show between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, and then it ended up being this sort of weird, narcissistic, romancing the other version of me thing between Tom Hiddleston and Sophia De Martino. and you're like, mm. what happened? Yeah. I never saw how she was the
2: other version of him. Like, okay. I...
1: Like mm.
2: they didn't seem like the same person to me. Like yeah. the different versions of
3: the yeah. same person. To and,
1: me. and honestly, I, I I don't understand why they had the hots for each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it, I mean, it's weird that they had the
3: hots. Totally, each other, but totally. But I don't understand brutal. why they had
1: the hots yeah. for yeah. each other because what? there wasn't actually that much chemistry between the mm. two of them. And Sylvie was a one note character. She was always a bit grumpy, pissed off, and a bit petulant. And really self-righteous.
0: What, really and, self-righteous. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, and what was what was in, what, what was endearing? I I, don't, I didn't see what was endearing about that. And I think that I found the final episode so frustrating. Like, there's a debate that's broken out over the last couple of days as to whether or not he who ra- remains is King the con- Conqueror. I don't give a shit, right? Because The thing is, like, with what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done so well up until now is. You have not. You, you didn't have to know anything about the mythology of Marvel comics in order to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I didn't know who the Winter Soldier was. I didn't know who Bucky Barnes was. I didn't know who Thanos was. I didn't understand what the Infinity Stones represented in in the a broader arc of the of the comics. But the movies didn't require me to come to that with pre exist to come to them with pre existing knowledge. Whereas if if the Jonathan Majors character at the end of the show is Kang the Conqueror, the fact that he isn't named at all, and the fact that he's got this very confusing backstory that he obliquely explains but never makes entirely clear, I'd rather suggests that the best way to have appreciated that finale was to have come to this show with pre-existing knowledge about the broader mythology of the Marvel comics. And if that's if that's right, then then I think that's the first that's the first sign of the Marvel Cinematic Universe turning in on itself and kind of not embracing people who are only sort of casual fans
0: yeah no I, like I, I i look i actually think I don't think it re- this this show requires prior knowledge, and I think people who are like, "Oh, it's Kang the Conqueror," it adds like that that adds something to this. Yeah, yeah. I I, don't, I think that's BS. right? I, I think a lot of that is like comic book fans like sort of yeah. circle jerking themselves, right? But the, like, but the
1: fact know. the fact that the show that that finale was kind of set up to prompt that response from that segment of the audience, I think, is telling. It's it's sort of like it's sort of like. The Easter eggs ate the show. No, yeah. no, it's
2: just a small Easter egg. I don't think Easter I, I don't egg, know, egg but, ate the
1: but show. I think he, he because he spends so much of the episode talking, right? And you're like, mm. what? Mm. And, and the the thing is, by the time you get to the end of that that finale, you realise, hold on, these six episodes of television that I've just been watching, they're actually quite inconsequential because the entire thing has just been a prologue for the crack-up of the universe, and setting up Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, correct. And you're like, there was no no reason that this had to be six episodes of prologue for the next set of movies. Yeah. Um, It was really frustrating. I felt really cheated by that.
0: Yeah, I, I was saying this to Mags, actually, as I was watching this show. I was kind of like, what... Like, when we were watching the first episode, I was saying to her that what I would be disappointed by is if at the end of this, because we already knew that Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange movie was called the Multiverse of Madness, and you kind of already knew about the multiverse thing because it was kind of discussed in Avengers Endgame, and you knew that Loki had kind of broken the universe when he had stolen the Tesseract, right? So I was like, if this is just going to be filler, and then be like some sort of, like some Disney exec is going to come out and go, Oh my God, this is instrumental to multiverse of madness, but it's not really because the whole multiverse thing is kind of already set up. I'd be be super disappointed. But that's exactly what happened. That's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Right now. Look, I, I don't necessarily, so I watched a video on YouTube, a reviewer, and I can't remember his name, but I really like him. And he was talking about how, if for example, they had pulled the trick of like, calling the Doctor Strange movie initially something else, and then at the end of the Loki series, it, like, the stinger is basically the Doctor Strange movie subtitles gets rearranged to the Multiverse of Madness, right? So you don't know that the second Doctor Strange film is going to be called the Multiverse of Madness. Then that would have been, like, a genuinely surprising sort of Easter eggy type thing, right? But as it stands, it's kind of like, well, like... Who really cares about what happened here, right? Because you already knew that this whole multiverse thing was going to be set up.
3: But the thing is, like, if it was just a fun six-episode diversion, if it was genuinely a good series, correct? Yeah, really mind. It would have been
0: worth it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: and I think that's what they thought they were doing—something yeah. that was genuinely standalone as well as a cute little setup.
1: But but if, they, if that was if that was the plan, they really should have just stuck. With the sort of buddy cop show between Hiddleston well, and Owen
3: this is, Wilson. This was the interesting question I wanted to ask. Like, because they were trying to do so many things at once, would you have would you have preferred the buddy cop show detective story, or would you have preferred the kind of low key character exploration?
2: I would have preferred what Maggie. I didn't even think about you know the the points you raised that we could have actually explored his personality. Um, in a more meaningful way that would have been interesting through the different variants rather than just have the variants be a big, fat joke, which was funny, but also, like, just a side joke. Um, I would have liked that, I think. The the cop is fine, and that could have been on the side, but I would have liked for the main thing to be, like, that exploration.
0: Yeah, I I, I 100%. (laughs) Like, I'll be honest, and I know this sounds bad, right, but I, I actually think in hindsight, having this conversation, like, they should have scrapped Sylvie. They, they really yeah. should have scrapped her, right? Because, like, as a variant, she didn't really... She wasn't a Loki, right? She didn't feel like a Loki. Like, at least in that... The second last episode, was it? When like, in the second last episode, there are all these sort of Lokis, familiar Lokis, right? So you have, like, Richard E. Grant playing an older version of Loki, and then you have a kid Loki, and then you have the dumb crocodile Loki, and then the various other sort of Tom Hiddleston or, like, you know, Lokis, right? Lokis. And it's kind of like, that was, for me, even though it was played as a little bit of a joke, it was interesting, right? And, like, you know, Richard E. Grant's character was in there for, like, two seconds, but I was like, hey, I actually would really enjoy if older Loki had a chat with younger Loki because older Loki seems to have, like, quite good perspective yeah. <laughs> on the world, right? It was like, oh, that, that would be an enlightening character moment, right?
1: But yeah, and it, also, like, one of the variants was Hiddleston playing Loki as a presidential candidate. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah was,
3: that was funny. <laughs> it actually
1: comes from a Loki comic in which Loki runs for President of the United States, uh, tells a bunch of lies and gets elected and it was sort of like a pre a pre a pre commentary on Trump. Um and so there was a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of terrain that could have been explored just in the just in the ter- terrain of um Loki variants. Yeah. But as you as you say, Daz, like whoever or whatever Sylvie is or represents, she she, she just didn't see like, like a like a variation of God Loki.
2: It's because she lets charm and like what 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 characterizes Loki? It's the charm, the mischief, the um you know, the charisma, the screwing people over, but like in a funny, fun, mischievous kind of way. That's what's missing. She's just serious.
0: Yeah, so this is the thing, right? The other thing that characterizes Loki, I think, is that he's actually a deeply flawed character. He's not like a perfect character, right? Yeah, he is
2: she's a perfect robot on a mission. Yeah. If you take her mission, she's actually a perfect robot in, in with no no diversion from the end point.
0: Correct, correct. So it's kind of like I don't know what like I know uh, and this will probably sound controversial coming out from my mouth, but I I feel like Hollywood nowadays, right? they kind of feel like the only way to write a strong female character is to make them have like <laughs> No personality, but no, no flaws and no personality, and just have them be like sort of like what defines them as strong is that they physically overpower men, and then apart yeah, from no, that shit. they don't it have just... like flaws.
1: It's just like what? Well, yeah Sylvie is basically um, yeah Sylvie is basically Natasha Romanoff in a different
0: blonde bob. It, it, mm. She's she's not she's not a Loki right like to be a Loki you have to be like morally really ambiguous right like it's, yeah. it's okay. kind of like the whole Loki thing is that like he knows what he's doing is wrong but he, sometimes he just doesn't care right it's like well you know what that and with her she just feels so self righteous it's just like. Loki was never an ideologue, right? Yeah. She's an ideologue.
1: Um. But but the thing is, the self-righteousness also makes the show blind, man, because she's self-righteous, and because the, ta- the, um, the TVA are obviously bad, by about episode three or four, you're meant to think that she's on the side of the right, even though in the first two episodes, she's done really horrible things. Yeah.
0: She's murdered that's, all that's the TV a, agents.
1: She that, knows that the... Yeah. She knows that's that... That's another problem with with all the Marvel shows so far. A lot of the characters that we've, we're meant to think are pretty good or not too horrible have done horrible things. Wanda, in WandaVision, basically yeah. held an entire town hostage and at <laughs> the end of the show, like, hey, it's all okay, even though she held an entire town hostage and psychologically tortured them for a long, long period of time.
0: Yeah, no, no, look, like, and it's... <laughs> The ending of Wonder Vision is freaking hilarious, right? Because yeah. there's that scene that they film that they basically make this, they make the townspeople look like villains for not immediately forgiving Wonder, and you're like, there's something really effed up about that, Yeah. <laughs> right? Like,
1: yeah. Um, and you yeah, know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like. Um... Captain America 2.0 gets a complete redemption arc in the final episode, <laughs> even though he friggin' murdered someone in cold blood at the end of episode four, and you're like, how does this happen? Yeah. And, and I think this show, I, I think there is, uh, there's a sense that the, the MCU are beginning to, you know, I pull the ambition, but they're kind of biting off more they, than, than they can chew, so that they, they, they are willing to take their characters up to the brink of doing horrible things, but actually, not allowing them um, to face the reckoning for, yeah. for any of that, yeah. And so, it used to be said in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that there was an appreciation for the consequences of all the the havoc that was being um, wreaked in you know sort of places like Sokovia, because you know, unlike unlike Zack Snyder's DC movies, there was an appreciation of like the need to protect civilian lives. But I think that 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 seems to have Gone in the MCU, they you know people are doing horrible things to what appear to be disposable characters
0: and getting away with it, and they're still meant to come off as heroic. Yeah, what happened to Chris Evans, Captain America? That's that's <laughs> we need that Captain America back. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. Like Chris Evans
1: fucked with the timeline at the end of Endgame. When the TVA snap, snap here.
0: Yeah, no, exa- okay, so, c- c- so there's okay, so there's so many weird... Pl- no, that's a great point, right? Why, why did they snatch Loki? So many people! They could have snatched every one of the Avengers! All of them were complicit in that situation, right? Like, what? But, okay, so... Okay, for me, I actually think the number one thing that doesn't work for me in this show that actually breaks... So, I agree that Sylvie as a character like, kind of derails a lot of potentially interesting um, sort of exploration in this show. But the number one thing that really breaks it for me here is actually... So, Anija touched on it earlier. Like, one, this show is meant... like hey okay, so... <laughs> this, this show is meant to be about... Like, revolves around this relationship with Sylvie, Sylvie and Loki, right? And even though it's six episodes and it's a TV format, I did not feel any chemistry. I did not understand why at all they were attracted to each other, right? Like, at the end of episode three, when they hold hands, I turned to Mags and I was like, oh, that's a nice moment, in the sense that I felt it was like, they were consoling each other at the end, right? Not because they had fallen in love with each other. And in the following episode, when it was like, Loki has just completely changed character, right? I mean, if you think back to the original Avengers film and the stuff that he was doing, like he was controlling Hawkeye and like saying really horrible stuff to like Black Widow and just murdering people all, all over the place. And then all of a sudden, this guy turns around and is like, I'm in love with this woman. Like,
2: and... And it's changed my personality completely.
0: Completely. Like it, it's
2: grained my personality. Yeah, and, the,
0: and more than that, this is not even the Loki. If you think about it, this is not even the Loki that has been through like the, event, the events of Thor Ragnarok, right? Like, if you think about it, there's a version of Loki in the original timeline that went through all that stuff in like you know like thor ragnarok and like avengers infinity war and all this type of stuff right who at the end of that journey realize that you know his brother was important it was important to save his people and he kind of sacrifices himself right it, it's a it's like a character journey right and it happens over multiple films right but this is not that guy <laughs> this is not that guy This is the guy who's literally just come off from trying to conquer the Earth. So it, it, it feels really bizarre to me that, like, in the space of, like, two seconds, he just becomes this sort of sentimentalist, right? And, like, fine, he's had that sort of psychological debrief with Owen Wilson, but his interaction with Owen Wilson was literally an episode and a half before this right so so i guess my major criticism of this film is that there are major character development points loki's character development from like this bloodthirsty tyrant into someone who like is more like sort of more anti-heroic i guess like more heroic but in you know, a you know that sort of anti-hero style like that development takes like an episode and a half essentially right and then from there from him to become like Raging sentimentalist that takes like one episode essentially, and this entire series is basically hinges on this, right? It hinges on this, and it's just not believable for me. It's it doesn't work for me.
1: The, the other the other thing that I found annoying about the Loki Sylvie relationship was, for quite a few films now, um, Marvel has in its publicity machine told us. Hey, you know, Loki is coded as kind of a uh, kind of queer. So you LGBTI community, Loki's your Loki's your guy because he's he's bi. And in the third episode, when they're sitting at the bar and train, Loki does confirm that he is indeed bi. But what you get out of the Loki Sylvie relationship is the most sort of white bread white bread heteronormative thing you could possibly see done badly without chem- you know, in circumstances where you've got this character who's now confirmed himself as bi and has had more has more chemistry with Owen Wilson than it does with Sylvie. And if yet it's Sylvie for whom he has the hearts. And you're like, this is this is just an example of Marvel, I think, quite cynically, winking at a segment of the film going or television watching community saying, Hey, we've got you covered. There's someone, there's some way you are you are represented in this you can in relate. this universe, you can you can, <laughs> you can relate. Hey, it's okay, but actually, never actually giving them a place in that universe. It's it's almost like that scene at the very end of the Rise of Skywalker, where you see two dudes kissing, and it's very very quick. The camera kind of pans across, and if you blink, you'd miss it. And it's kind of, it's kind of that it's kind of that it's kind of a bait and switch that 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 Marvel is playing with. Um, non heteronormative communities saying look you know look he's one of you but we won't have him doing or ha- having forming the sort of relationship that you form or have or, or we're not going to show him having the experiences that you experience I, I think there's something I think there's something extremely cynical about that that I find distasteful and when you ally that with the extent with just how much this show was an obvious and blatant setup for the rest of phase four such that this was all treading water, and there was no actual advancement of the actual narrative of the show. It just ended as a as a prologue for something else. The, you can actually now see the cogs in the machine moving more transparently, and the gears squealing more loudly than than before.
0: Yes, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, I, I feel like... Like, I, I was actually a little bit... I, I remember taking a walk outside, and I was like... I was... <laughs> I felt a little bit depressed by this series, because it, for me, it's kind of like that sort of... Marvel... that sort of... Wiz, like. You're kind of peering behind the curtain a little bit at Marvel, right? And you kind of are seeing the cracks in the system, right? Like previously, Marvel would make bad films, right? There were bad films. Let's let's be honest, right? Avengers two in my mind was not a particularly good film, right? Iron Man two. Iron Man two wasn't a particularly good film. Thor. Thor two. Oh, I, I thought Thor two was okay, but not not great. Yeah, but not I sure thought it was time. okay. Yeah. But, but like the the point is that like you know they had made. Bad films, But overall, you kind of felt the overall direction was kind of heading in the right place, right? And they really landed it with, like, the final two Avengers films. But then, now, you're kind of looking at it, and it's like, I'm not entirely sure where these people are going, right? I I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not comfortable that, that, like, the boat is being steered in the right direction anymore. And actually, like all of these Disney Plus series have shown these massive cracks and I'm like man, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm like really as into this whole Marvel universe as I kind of used to be right? Like, yeah definitely, yeah, definitely it's, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing the cracks, yeah yeah um, yeah did you, did you guys, like so none of you guys felt that the relationship with Loki and Sylvie was like believable right (laughs) Mm
1: like yeah Yeah. it it wasn't believable and at a fundamental level if she is a variant if she is basically him it's also kind of gross
2: but I think that's what I think they like I think they thought that was an advantage that it was funny you know that he was falling in love with himself and he's a narcissist you
1: know yeah yeah but I think I think it's sort of like if that's right, then that's it's kind of like the the one joke
0: that's that just goes on for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I'll be honest, i I didn't mind the last episode, right? I, I thought the the he who remains, I thought he was played in a really interesting way, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like i I really like this idea of this guy who's basically driven himself crazy, right? He's sitting there and is like, I'm going a little bit batshit crazy. And honestly, I don't really care how this ends one way or another, because it's going to be interesting, right? Like, like I thought that was, like, a really interesting setup, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like, so I, I didn't mind that final episode. It was just that the entire build-up to it, it was kind of like... There's, like, three episodes that could have just been erased, and more interesting stuff could have happened, and then we could have gotten to that final episode. I think it would have been a much better journey. So, Yeah. Yeah,
1: and look, I think yeah, look, I think Jonathan Majors did play the character well. Um, I, I, I'm I was a bit I was a bit frustrated by the sort of by the fact that it took so long for him to, you know, basically get to the point. Yeah. because uh, uh, in an episode that was only what forty six minutes long with four minutes of credits, so basically a forty two minute episode, there was basically a lot of he who remains monologuing. Yeah. And monologuing in a way that sort of took ages to get ultimately to the story of how he became who he became. Yeah. So I found that sort of frustrating. That actually exposed just how much of this show I think was narrative filler. I think the third episode, which was just the Loki and Sylvie on a train episode, was complete narrative filler. I know there are there are critics, TV critics, who defend that episode and compare it to the, you know... Before sunrise and before sunset. <laughs> are you serious?
3: Having... Get really?
0: out, Mag. Surely you have something to say about that. That's your favourite uh, film.
3: Uh, it doesn't. It it does not deign any comment. Oh my. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, look, before sunset is one of my top fives as well. And like, <laughs> when I heard the comparisons, I
0: was like, Are you, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> are you for real? Someone said that. Move Get on. Get out. Move what? <laughs>
2: With all oh, the narrative de- at the end that the um, timekeeper guy gives, I actually tuned out for um, in the <laughs> middle of how he was explaining what was going on, and I had to get Gerald to to tell me. And that's bizarre, given that that is the plot, twist. like like that is the <laughs> climax, that is what we're <laughs> for, and that is the point when I tuned out. Like I didn't tune out for any any of the rest of this, even when it was kind of boring. But I, then I just couldn't take it anymore yeah, at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think
1: <laughs> yeah. I think really the, the three episodes of plot was stretched out into a six episode series, and uh, um, I'm not even sure whether it was two, three episodes of plot. This could have been this could have been a this could have been a two, two and a half hour movie. I mean, <laughs> I
0: reckon it could have been. So, Gerald, I think you you bring up a really interesting point, right? Because this is a TV format with six episodes, right? It's a TV format with six episodes. Yet, instead of being in a situation where it's kind of like, actually, all of these episodes... Because TV episodes can... TV shows can be much longer, right? But instead of being in a situation where it's like, actually, each of these episodes are packed with stuff that is so essential to this story. Like, how is it that you get to the position that, like, you hire all these super expensive actors? Like, Hiddleston is not... is like... He's like a very well-known actor, right? You hire all these people. You get Owen Wilson there as well, and then it's like, but actually, I don't even have enough plot to fill this full six episodes. Like, yeah. it, I'm like, how how do you even get to that situation, right? Yeah. Like, and, and like, and the guys to think their next live action series,
1: setting aside the the animated What If Show, but their next live action series is going to be freaking Hawkeye. Can you imagine just how boring that thing is going <laughs> to be? Like, if you imagine, if you just. Just, just think of how much of a waste of time the Falcon and the Wendy Soldier ended up being. like, And that, that, that started off as a show about two interesting characters. So we're <laughs> going to get a show about Hawkeye of all people. <sighs> <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, 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 look, the thing, the thing that really breaks my heart about this show is that, like, that final scene with the... Uh, like, there's there's like really interesting potentially time travel elements, Twilight Zoney elements, right? Like, because that final thing with He Who Remains has a Twilight Zoney feel to it, right? And it's kind of like if you had sort of a really like there, this this whole thing, the whole TVA setup, was like there was so many potentially interesting things that have could have come out from it, and instead it was just like. Even the TVA component, right? You know how there's this whole subplot with, like, Judge Renslayer and then the other, like, Enforcer? You know, the Enforcer lady, right? There's a whole subplot. And I was just like, that subplot, it just sucks. (laughs) It it doesn't matter at all. It literally doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, what about that scene? Like, in the finale where Owen Wilson goes to Roosevelt High School to 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 show how judge Bresler was in one version of the timeline just your average civilian high school teacher or school principal and you're like and then and then it kind of that entire plot point kind
0: of ends there without any resolution or development and you're like what's yeah. the point of that yeah i agree i agree i agree i agree that that struck me as really odd as well you bring that up now and i'm like now I remember that. I'm like, yeah. Because what what happened to that? Like, it didn't lead anywhere. Yeah, didn't lead anywhere. Yeah. Didn't lead anywhere. Yeah. It's it's weird. And then... yeah, I mean, like, look. I, I mean, I feel like we've been ragging on the show a bit, right? But then, like... I think back to kind of other things that really grated on me. Like... I'm so unclear about what everyone's powers are anymore. Like, Loki's powers! <laughs> like were kind of ill-defined at first anyway, right? Because he was just magic, right? Like, it was kind of unclear what his, Tom Hiddleston's Loki power set was, you know? (laughs) But then, like, Sylvie comes along, and her power set is even more ill-defined, but... Instead of like just rolling with it in this show, they try to like start defining what their powers are, but then they define them and then they immediately break them. <laughs> right? Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> so I, I still don't know how they beat the smoke monster. On the topic of which, I think I think we can now firmly say it is a rule of television. If your show has a smoke monster, <laughs> it's <laughs> gonna be a disaster.
0: Oh God, that was what was the whole point of that thing at all? Like it was so <laughs> dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> I, I didn't understand what... So can anyone here explain to me what actually happened with smoke monster? Like, how did they defeat yeah,
2: it? Yeah, she... Um, she what, what did she do? She conjures the mind. She,
0: enchan- she enchanted <coughs> him.
2: She enchanted him, and she needed... She wasn't quite strong enough to overcome his mind by herself, so she needed Loki to join and add some <laughs> his power to do the what? same. And Loki didn't know how to enchant, because... You know, he's never done that before, and she was like, "Look, you are me. So if I can do it, you can do it. Power of yes, power of you know, positive thinking." And, <laughs> and so, right in the last minute, Loki like, just did.
1: But what what was the point of Richard E. Grant joining in as well? Like he was distraction. He was right? distraction. I mean, I just, yeah, I just say what what a waste of a great actor. Yeah,
3: yeah, I was so excited that he was there, and then he had almost no role,
1: like. <laughs> they 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 put him in a, ridic- a, a ridiculous costume to start with. I mean, he looks so stupid in those tights, um, and that two dollar cape. and then and then they
0: they gave him that to do, and you're like, you're like you, you you are making mincemeat of talent here, yeah. and look, you're making mincemeat of the actual like central thesis of your show, right? Because I thought the central thesis of the show, the emotional core of the show was supposed to be Loki learning more about himself, right? Which is what Owen Wilson's character offers him, right? Because the first episode, the reason it's strong is because they have that whole interrogation scene where Owen Wilson is like, breaking down Loki's character, right? And you kind of think, okay, well, thematically, this will continue throughout the series by Loki meeting himself, like variations himself, like older him, younger him, this sort of thing, right? But there's none of that. Like, Richard E. Grant doesn't really have a, like, heart-to-heart with Loki, or, like, they don't have a character moment where they kind of really get to understand each other. And, like, Tom Hiddleston, Loki gets to grow from that interaction. None of that it's it's weird it's weird and then to add add to it right like can someone explain to me how the enchantment leads to the portal to another world or was the smoke monster concealing the other world the, the smoke monster was the guardian of the other world the, the smoke monster was
1: basically smoke Cerberus and,
0: uh, and so what the other
1: world lives inside the smoke monster I don't know, dude. It's metaphorical. It's metaphorical. Guardian.
2: You have to beat him to be to be entitled to be worthy
1: to be worthy of the other world. I don't know. It just you know what it it felt like a dumb eighties arcade platform computer game. (laughs) You have to beat this thing in order to get to the the the, the boss, and the boss turned out to be, you know, a bit underwhelming. So. And uh, look, I, I I actually, like, based on the three shows and the fact that Black Widow, whilst fun, is very obviously mid-tier Marvel, I'm not beginning to have worries that, uh,
0: that Shang-Chi might suck. Shang-Chi. No,
2: it's going to be good.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi is interesting, right? Like, I think the trailer, look, I'll be honest, I think the trailer to Shang-Chi looks decent. Right And I'm not saying that because I'm Asian, right I, I genuinely think it looks like it like a like this has got nothing to do with racial politics and has everything to do with I think it looks like a decent decent trailer, right uh, I think though that Marvel will be sorely disappointed if they think that putting american Asian actors. Up front, is going to help them get into the Chinese market it's <laughs> yeah. like, they don't understand the Chinese diaspora, right? They do not understand the Chinese that, market that, and think, their relationship I think with we're the Chinese. are actually going to see a lot of Tony Leung in Shang Chi. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the, the YouTube
1: comments, <laughs> which is which is which is all up Anuj's Ali, alley because Anuj, based on the
0: trailers, is like. Why is shang dad so
1: much hotter than
0: Shang-Chi is? <laughs> so, so Anija, you know you are parroting exactly what all the mainland Chinese and Hong Kong audiences are saying? The Hong really? Kong YouTube channel, like the YouTube um, trailer for Hong Kong, the Chinese language one, there are a bunch of comments basically saying, why is Tony look so handsome? And why is, like, the main yeah. actor so not is handsome compared to
2: but he's pudgy. He's obviously like ripped and well built and all that stuff. But his face is like baby face pudgy, and I can't have the hooks for that. Oh God. wow!
0: Uh, <laughs> I like that guy. I like that guy a lot. I've I like been watching Kids yeah, Convenience.
2: Like as like the big brother comedy figure, not as the like you know the main guy. Yes, yeah, so he's like, jacked
1: though. <laughs> he's jacked, and you know I, I'll, I'll always not have a... enough. Soft... <laughs> Always have a soft spot in my heart for Kim's convenience, but... Uh, but uh,
2: the face has to be chiseled.
1: chiseled. <laughs> <Jen. laughs> and, you know, sort of... And, and you know, I just... I, I hope it doesn't suck, but based on the current run of form, based on the fact that, you know, in, in the trailer it looks as if Aquafina's play Aquafina. Yeah, Aquafina. <laughs> I mean, if there's, a, if there's a real possibility this thing might not be so great. Well, look,
0: I mean, Owen Wilson basically plays Owen Wilson, right? So I'm okay yeah, because I like Aquafina. I think she's fine, right? So but like, yeah,
1: Owen Wilson playing Owen, <laughs> Owen Wilson is cool though because he's he's always he's always playing Owen Wilson. He's always the guy with the weird shaped nose who's turning up on set and just going, "Wow!"
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: and. and and, and 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 I would pay to see that over and over again. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, look, I I really hope that there's an opportunity for a for a course correction on the part of the MCU here. It's not as if things have gone badly off the rails. It's just that it's just that as you say, Daz, the cracks are beginning to show. The 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 whole thing is not anywhere near as seamless as it used to be, and it might just be a case of. Um, narrative ambition at running narrative capacity. But whatever it is, um, to have three shows, three shows now, over the space of six months, end on a bum note in circumstances where, and I'm sorry for repeating myself, but I genuinely think the final episode of The, <laughs> and the Winter Soldier
0: was catastrophically yeah, bad. Well, Mags and I stopped watching an episode two, <laughs> right? Like, we didn't even get to the end of that. Right. Uh, the,
1: final episode, the final episode has a truly awful moment where the Falcon, having become new Captain America, wearing an absolutely stupid-looking suit, the new Captain America suit that Sam Wilson is made to wear, is so stupid. It is just incredible. You just cannot take your eyes off. Just what a complete car crash that costume is. And there's a moment where he, he comes down and he delivers a lecture, like a, this five-minute lecture, to a, to a U.S. senator about racism and refugees, and you're like, I identify with the left on these issues, and this is one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I don't know, right? Like, this is, this is, yeah, I, 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 don't know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think this sort of pandering that Disney does is just. It's detrimental to their films, right? It is.
1: It, it is detrimental because it's one thing to just the, the problem is it is pandering. Like if you are going to go the, the route of saying something about refugees or racism or even the experiences of the LGBTQ community, then then do it. Don't just wink at it. Do it. Don't just don't just have you know Loki toss a line say, confirming that he's bi. You know, show him having a show him having the hots for a guy. Show him having the hots for a real Tom Hiddleston version of it himself. That would
0: yeah, be hilarious. Yeah. yeah, Yes, I agree, right? But I think th- this this whole pandering thing is kind of... It's two-edged, right? On one hand, it doesn't actually really add anything to the issues at hand, right? The other thing is that, like, Disney actively use it to basically silence critics as well, right? So Disney, like... Like basically, this they do this, and then like if you are like, actually, this series was didn't really land or whatever it is, right? They start pulling out like Twitter cards to like label you with, right? So it, it's kind of like I actually think I think it's really bad. I think it's really bad, right? I think Disney need to just focus on making good shows with good characters, male, female, whatever, right? That's how the MCU was made really engaging to start with just don't play identity politics and just write good stories that's it it's fine (laughs) right Um, you know it it would be
1: so funny if at the end of the day Hawkeye ended up being the best of these shows
0: sorry sorry Jerry say that again
1: it it would be funny if Hawkeye ended up being
0: the best of these shows oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah I mean, I think about these shows, and like all of them, the first episodes are invariably quite engaging. <laughs> I don't know what it is—they put in their entire creative effort into the first episode, and then <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It is, it is, it is really sort of, kind of, it is kind of deflating to see because, you know, Marvel MCU Phase Three was so triumphant. Um... And you know, you know, you had that earth-shattering climax in the form of Endgame, and then you had that, you know, clever, nice little Kodo in the form of Spider-Man: Far From Home. And I tell you what, Phase Four, Phase Four has has had a rough start, and um, and it just it, it, it does look it does look a bit it does look a bit wobbly. Who knows what's at the, you know, I'm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll
1: what hasn't has, it, what has it to to guess at an explanation for it, but you know, whether it be the, the absence of the Russos or Feige losing his touch, but it, it is it is, you know, showing showing signs of you know, perhaps decay in a way that um you know, that they've been able to stave off for a very, very long time now. Uh, but you know, I suppose you you can only sort of um out out outrun yourself for so long.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, Andrew, Max, is there anything else we want to chat about in relation to Loki? No.
2: Look, I will, I'm hoping for the best for the for the second season.
0: Oh, there
1: is, there is a second season, isn't there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <Yeah>. There is. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that means, oh God, guys, more Sylvie I forgot about that. <laughs> So there'll be there'll be there'll be more adventures of Sylvie. kids. Oh. Well, so, uh... well,
3: this is interesting. <laughs> Who's going to be in Doctor Strange two?
0: Hmm. Um. Yeah. What, so you think Loki? I don't think Loki will be in Doctor Strange two. He
3: well, will he or, or won't he? I wouldn't
0: be. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended
1: up being in Doctor Strange two. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe. I'd be surprised if Loki. Okay, so this will be the real test, right? Will the TV only characters cross into the actual movies? Yeah, I
1: think. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. I think um, Elizabeth Olsen will appear
0: in Doctor. Yeah, she will definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and just I just have no doubt that... Yeah. Star- but I wonder if Sylvie is going to appear in Doctor Strange too. That's <laughs> or is she a TV only character? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, look if if they are if they add layers of depth and more dimensions to her, then look, I'm more than happy to see like you know sort of Sofia so Di Martino do more than deliver this you know sort of one note character because um, obviously she obviously you know she she's very very good at the fight scene so I would I, I would like to I would like to think that there's a there's a place for her and in the movies where she gets to display more than the sort of um, limited, uh, you know, 12-year-old, slightly adolescent grubbiness that that, that characterised her performance in this, you know, six-episode run. So I'd like to think there was a place for her in the, in the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope more than anything else that in Doctor Strange 2, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch finally, you know, manages to control his
0: American accent.
1: Very, very
2: often. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, I think that's it for Loki then, right, guys? I think we're we're done talking about Loki. Um, so, I think we will be back with something else, but Sydney, Australia is currently back in COVID lockdown heaven, so <laughs> no one can go out to watch the movies. Um, we really wanted to do Fast Nine, but unfortunately. <laughs> you, um, you really don't. <laughs> I, I feel like we should. Do <laughs> you know something that I realise is that I think we are now like. We've got to be on some sort of record string of just hating on everything that we've watched. <laughs> I don't think we've been gushing about anything we've watched for, like, at least a year now. <laughs> right? yeah. I don't know if that's a commentary on the state of current entertainment or what, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, have we, have, have we liked anything post
0: like Endgame? I don't think we've liked
1: anything! <laughs> wait,
3: oh wait, Kong vs. Godzilla? Come on, guys.
0: I think that was a, that was a qualified-like <laughs> <laughs> Mega
3: Godzilla badass. I think that was the... That was, that was probably was my quote, Godzilla.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um... Yeah, look, I... Anyway. We will be back with something else, hopefully good, and if not good, we'll do Fast 9. Because I really want to hear Gerald talk about oh, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Um, say good night, everyone.
1: Good
3: Bye. Night.
0: Ciao.